Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Ben Mergy. Welcome to Not That Kind of Rabbi. As I always clarify, I'm not a rabbi. I am an ordained spiritual director and a companion and counselor to people in spiritual matters, but I'm not an actual ordained rabbi. I am thinking about becoming a rabbinic pastor, however, which would be chaplaincy work and officiating at ceremonies and occasionally running a service here and there. I'm going to have a conversation with somebody about that next week and see how that goes. I've toyed with this idea for years. You know, it used to be that I would do this kind of thing and wonder to myself, oh, is this what I should do? Uh, and then I get on with my life uh, and the things that paid the bills and all the rest of it. But this time I'm thinking about it again, seriously. I wanted to talk about a few things uh, in terms of my own spiritual uh, yearnings and earnings. Um, I've done a fair amount of work with the Green Party uh, in Ontario, uh, but I used to do some work with the Green Party of Canada as well, uh, with the belief that you know, the environment is a spiritual issue as much as it's anything else. If you can't connect yourself to your being and to your presence in, in a universe of, of creation, then life becomes very small and material and hardly worth it for a lot of reasons. It can make you feel like you're doing something that's futile because you don't attach extra purpose to it. But working with that party at one point, there was a movement for boycott and divestment, and it was about Israel. And the, and the Palestinians and Israel and the two-state solution not coming to, to pass and the occupation of land. And it was the idea that if you boycotted any products or speakers or anything that comes out of Israel, that you would force them into doing the right thing. And I understood in terms of the rights of Palestinians in, in, in uh the West Bank and in Gaza. I, I, I completely see how... Uh, the oppression and the occupation are completely uncalled for and must end. But I started to think, because I heard Canadians talking about this, and I thought to myself, well, who are we? Who are we to talk about this? Who are we when you can see a list of places you, you can't drink the water that's 50 names long? Who are we when Indigenous men live to be 50-something and we live to be 80? You know, who are we when our children, their children commit suicide at five times the rate that ours do? The kids have to go off reserve to go to a school uh, for their education and find themselves lost in cities like Thunder Bay while some guy drives by and throws a piece of metal at them and, 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 and ends up killing them. Who, who are we? So these are the things I worry about that how can we live with ourselves in this state? I look at the United States and what they're going through and they, they have a civil war that hasn't ended. It's still going on for the battle for the white person to make sure that they stay in control. It's always, I always think about this one interview that I heard years ago at the 2016 election where a black uh, commentator was hosting a television current affairs show uh, and a white supremacist was being terrifyingly reasonable as his guest as to, look, I just think we should live separately and it'll all be fine. And the black host says to him, you know what your problem is? You had an 80-yard head start and now you're pissed because it's only 30 yards. And I thought, there you go. There you go. And for me, these are moral issues. You know, uh, why is it that you can see 
out in BC, the RCMP show up to remove native people from their land in a dispute to let the plows and the tractors come in. But here we do the opposite. If native people say, we make a stand, this is where we are, this is our land, get out of the way, we're busy. We've got a subdivision to build and property taxes to, to, to accumulate because this is ours now. And don't get me wrong, the way of the world has been to displace people and move them out for your own purposes for thousands and thousands of years. And this would even happen on these lands with native peoples from different tribes before we came here. That there was the movements of people that said, we are, we're starving, we're moving out, we're pushing forward, we're going to take something from someone else because we need it now. And there was cruelty and there was internecine warfare and there was all kinds of things. It's not a holy mission of perfect people, but this isn't where we are now. And speaking as somebody who thinks about these things in this spiritual way, we have a present situation. Yes, there is a past and there, there will be a future, but in the present, who are we? And what are we gonna do with what we have? So to further the conversation, I need to get some wisdom. I need to understand things I don't understand because I have not lived it. So I'm joined right now by Skylar Williams and Skylar is not the leader of the land back movement <laughs> where he is. He is a spokesperson for the land back movement uh, where he is close to where I live. I live in Hamilton and he's in Caledonia or not, actually he's in Six Nations and now he's at, he's at land back lane. But I wanna be able to talk to him about these things. So welcome to Not That Kind of Rabbi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I do do appreciate yeah, the interest in what's going on, on down here at Land Back Lane. And it's, um, it is a beautiful day today. You know, the sun's shining, the birds are chirping, and it's, you know, almost 20 degrees again in the middle of November. And so I'm, uh, I'm, although concerned about global warming, I'm, I, I'm certainly grateful for the nice day today. What does land mean to you? Um, and I think what you were talking about, about that spiritual connection is, is something for uh, a great deal of us. The, the connection to the land for us is one that isn't just uh, material. It is uh, for us, our creation story talks about our, our being made from this clay that creator used this clay to, to form our bodies. And so when we see the destruction in the way that uh, um, uh, progress looks like to the Western world, which sees the entire earth covered in concrete and asphalt, I think this is something that we continue to say that this isn't what progress looks like for us. Like you can look down at uh, Six Nations Reserve from uh, Google Earth and see the this kind of strange dark green spot in the middle of all of the browns and grays and uh, that is kind of our surrounding area and there's just this one spot of dark green that is it, it's almost a perfect square that uh, where uh, our borders of the, of the current reserve are and so for us to see these massive developments and for this one it's you know, 1,400 houses on one side of the road, another 700 on the other. And 
it, it, it rolling up right to the doorstep of our community is, um, you know, not something that we're, we're willing to abide. So what do you lose besides fights? What do you lose when those subdivisions go up? Well, so here's the thing is we've never, we've never been, um, you know, an advocate for evicting everybody up and down the Grand River. You know, like we've never said that the, the white people that are there, the non-native people that are there um, have to leave. But we need, we, we want the ability to be able to grow and thrive just like every other community. Every other big city or small town, I don't care who you, where you are, your town has grown exponentially over the last hundred years. The only towns, the only, only communities across the entire country that haven't been able to grow and thrive are reserves. They're the only ones that have continuously gotten smaller. And so for us to be able to make that stand to say, we need to be able to have the ability to grow and thrive as a community, just like everybody else's has. We want that same ability to do that. You know, there's good medicine and there's bad medicine, right? Sure. And, right. So what's to keep you and the people who are standing with you there what what good medicine are you guys using? So for us, like the uh, the music is is certainly medicine for us. There's uh, uh, we uh, uh, most of us, I'll say, kind of know all of our traditional songs and dances and stuff like that. And so we 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 practice and we sing and we we do those things. We uh, lacrosse for us isn't a game that's, you know, you watch on TV. Lacrosse is something for us that is a, a part of our um, part of our medicine. We call it medicine games that we have. That We have one that's kind of similar to rugby. We've got one that's kind of, uh, and, and lacrosse is one of those games. And so uh, we play that, and we play it in a traditional way with, you know, no pads and, um, and it's, uh, it, it can be, everybody comes out everybody comes out limping after and so it's uh it's for me you know, almost 40 years old and playing lacrosse with these 20 year olds who'd never let me live it down if i didn't play every every minute <laughs> i just keep wondering how a good cross check in the back is good medicine oh, <laughs> well and i mean certainly in a in a situation like this where where tensions are high and yeah you know, uh, police police are surrounding us all the time and you know like you look down the road and you see the line of you know 20 or 30 cops on one side and 20 or 30 cops on the other and so it's um it certainly is a uh, a trying circumstance to be in and to be able to relieve some of that energy in the in a good way is is really really important yeah what's in your heart when you wake up in the morning and look at those 30 cops on that side and 30 cops on that side what's in you what's in me um you know that, that is a really good question and i and you know what i and i think i've been asked it a couple of times and like I, most people expect for me to have some hateful um anger and all of that kind of stuff but i you know what i just i, I really don't have time to to hate anybody and it's it's something that's uh you know, if, you know, these cops or these uh, politicians or these very, very racist folks in, in the surrounding area here that continue to, you know, um, 
escalate the uh, the tensions here. Um, would come and sit and talk to me, and and I've been saying that like I'm open to dialogue and open to having whatever conversations with whoever wants to be able to have those conversations. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I've been consistent in that and will remain to be like, this is, it's, it is absolutely important to me that everybody gets to, to, to know exactly why it is we're here and what it is we're doing. And what are your elders giving you in this situation? How, how are they informing you? Our elders and our the women of our community, like this is where, uh, so Six Nations, the uh, Haudenosaunee people are, um, we, we follow our matrilineal line. And so we get our names from our, the women's side of our families. Um, and so for us to to, to uh, find that direction from those, those, those women, those clan mothers, those, uh, those elder women in our community, uh, they're the ones that, you know, I, I think I've been, called a leader in this and on several occasions now. And, you know, like I, I take direction from those women and those, those elder women in our community, those, those matriarchs of our community, like have, uh, and what are they telling you? Uh, to hold our ground, to be able to, to, to stay and to do, uh, to be peaceful, to, uh, remain, uh, maintaining our composure, to not engage with, uh, uh, you know, racist uh, stuff with the racist folks that uh, come down and, you know, make taunts and, and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, for us to be able to, to remain holding that peace and making sure that, like, whatever we're doing, that we're uh, uh, holding holding tight, holding fast to our, uh, to our integrity as to who we are as Haudenosaunee people. You know, it's interesting. I'll drive by the Six Nations Road, you know, the, the road in off six, and I'll think, oh, I'd love to go in there and spend time. And I'm intimidated, not by anybody doing anything. I'm intimidated by feeling like it's the same feeling I would get by walking into a Catholic church and sitting there and going, I'm going to blow this somehow. I'm going to stand up when I should sit down or kneel when I'm supposed to stand up and people are going to go, he's not one of us. And I, I think I feel the same kind of way when I feel like this yearning for us to connect to each other, indigenous and non-indigenous people. Do you feel sometimes like there's this bridge and we don't know how to cross it to each other? Uh, you know what? Sometimes that, that, that is the way, but I mean, like, um, uh, I think Six Nations is is um, I don't know as a community I think we're we're a, a very very open community you know um, you know industry is is alive and well here in Six Nations and there's like Six Nations is not a small reserve you know we're we're a reserve twenty thousand people that live on reserve it's know? the biggest reserve isn't it. It is the biggest reserve, not just in Canada, but in North America. Absolutely. Well, the most populated reserve. Right. Not there, land, but people. there are American reserves that are are amazingly vast. But um but the their populations are quite small. So how do is it a why is it that we're not hearing each other? What what's the problem here? Well, I mean, and, and I think that speaks to, you know, the, 
land claims process is one that's never worked for anybody, not just here in Six Nations, but across the country. And the additions to reserve process is uh, one that is broken. You know, like we need we need a process that's going to be able to see our communities be able to to to, to expand our borders. And right now, like the uh, federal and provincial government continue to drag their feet on this. Um, the uh, the law around con- the law around consultation is well enshrined in the Supreme Court and as well as all of the courts of appeals around development of uh, indigenous lands. And whenever there's a claim, there needs to be a, a crown consultation. And the, uh, uh, I think uh, indigenous folks across the country can't vote for Trudeau uh, in ways that they've never never voted before. And you know, help to, to, to get this prime minister in, uh, and he ran on this nation to nation relationship building process. And, and yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm getting your phone. There's something about your phone right now that's feeding back. It's settled down now. Okay, I get the political part. I've worked in politics. I, I get that Carolyn Bennett is, is keeps saying she's going to talk to you guys and doesn't talk to you. I, I get it. But I'm, I'm trying to think of this as, like, when you see those racists taunting, is there a part of you that just thinks, what the hell is wrong with white people? <laughs> Seriously. Um, I, you know, and I, like, I, I just, no, I, there isn't. You know, and like, uh, and, and just, I would never base one person's actions to represent the whole and you know what and I, I i like i said i just i yeah I, I got no hate for nobody and you know what i'm I, I i do everything i can to make sure that i'm make myself as available as i possibly can to have this conversation to have and and i have this conversation with anybody that's willing to sit down and have it with me right. and, and yeah i'm uh, like i try to be a man of my word when i say that i'm willing to have that dialogue with anybody and so if uh uh, this is the 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 role that I was uh, delegated, and so this is the role that I'm taking, and, and I and I take it very seriously. And so when I when I say that I'm willing to talk to anybody, I really am. How did your uh, how did your upbringing? I hear echo. See if the echo dies. That's dying. How how did your um, in your upbringing, I know uh, friends of mine who were uh, brought up on reserve, and for some of them, it was a much more profound experience than for others who were just like, I got to get out of here. There's nothing to do. Uh, I want to be out in the rest of the world. And there were others who really took to it uh, and, and had the kind of elder kindness and teaching that could help them to, to really be proud of, of their own heritage. Where do you lie in that? How do, how was, what was your upbringing like that way? Oh, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm very lucky in uh, the family that I have. Uh, I grew up in a long house, uh, learning my traditional ways. And, um, you know, my, my parents are, are amazing people. You know, my, my mother is a Onondaga language speaker and, you know, my father was, has been involved with the uh, Confederacy Chiefs for most of his life, um, uh, supporting them in whatever way 
uh, whatever way they they asked of him, and um, so yeah, so it, it has it it certainly instilled in me a a great bit of national pride about who we are as uh, Haudenosaunee people. So I am really curious as to there are ways to solve problems, for instance, and there's kind of white ways to do them, and there's Haudenosaunee ways to do them. Out in, in Saskatchewan, there's native uh, justice circles that have been incorporated into the way people deal with their problems. What can we learn? Like, help me with what we can learn about how you do things like solve problems and how, how you build community together. You know what? Like, those are um, uh, Haudenosaunee people have been one and are, have some renown for their ability to sit and talk and counsel with folks that disagree. The entire structure of our, of our government is one of consensus. And so for us to be able to have whatever those conversations are, regardless of how hard they are, um, we, we have the ability to be able to, um, have that open and honest dialogue without having um, uh, the uh, the escalation and the, the tension that we have uh, when dealing with like the OPP, when our people are left with no other um, with no other with no other option but to deal with OPP, like violence is the only thing they know that gun on their hip and that, uh, and those handcuffs in their belt is, is, is not the way that nations deal with other nations. And so for us, this is a whole nother country for us. Like we don't, we, we, we don't, uh, think of ourselves as Canadians. We, uh, for me, I'm a Mohawk. I'm a, I'm a member of the Mohawk nation and, uh, and, and we govern ourselves and we, we are, are able to, uh, hold ourselves uh, accountable for, for our actions. And so if uh, uh, these justice circles and that kind of thing, those are, again, those are kind of parts of that Canadian system. And it's trying to put a brown face on a, on a, on a white process. Mm. And so if they are truly, truly from that community and they're, they are part of that nation, and I think that's the part that gets lost in all of this is that these, there was hundreds of nations in this country before Canada became, came here. And so uh, for us, those, uh, those processes of accountability are ones that have never died here and are, are ones that we are going to continue to adhere to. There's a lot in what you just said. There's also this idea that you know, the majority population wants everybody to think of themselves as Canadians, and you don't. We do not. So how do we coexist? How do we help each other? How do we become friends and partners? Uh, you know what? And I think that our, our community, like uh, the reason that Six Nations is where it is right now is because we were allied with the British when uh, the Revolutionary War happened. And so like Six Nations is, is placed where it is and we agreed to be where it is because we were a day's ride from Fort Detroit. We were a day's ride from Fort Niagara. We were a day's ride from Fort York. 
So our, our, our ability to be allies in that and maintain that friendship with each other is something that our people still insist on uh, honoring that, uh, that allyship today. You talk to our uh, elders in our community and they don't understand why the, the government has um, tainted the honor of the crown in such a way that we are now relegated to these reserves to that are ever shrinking. And, you know, there isn't potable water in all of our communities. There is like, this has, this has brought dishonor to that crown or that crown relationship with, uh, with certainly with Haudenosaunee people. That's tough. This is a tough one. This is like, no, because I mean, I just keep trying to figure out uh, what it, where is the honor, where is the dignity uh, for everybody in this, but more, way more for, in my mind, for Indigenous people. I, I always used to think to myself, I don't know if I could have taken this if I wouldn't have just thought of violence as an answer because nothing else seems to be working. I mean, the frustration, how do you spiritually channel that kind of energy into something that keeps you proud of being who you are. Well, you know, and this is, this is it, you know, and we have been building and, you know, hunkering in for the, the winter and making sure that we're doing all the things that we need to do to be able to uh, maintain our, oh, to maintain our camp here over, over the winter months. And so like um, us being able to channel those that, that energy into uh, something productive and uh, being able to maintain having community meetings, doing all the things that we need to do to be able to, to maintain our camp here and maintain our occupation of our lands. And so like, it's really important for us to be able to continue to do that. So they, uh, they keep sending you to jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Native people have uh, incarceration rates high above uh, the rest of the population, totally overrepresented. Um, they keep t sending you personally to court uh, as if this is all your fault. Uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're sitting here in a, in a car, in a van, that is now where you live on, on your iPhone, <laughs> you know, how long can you do this and what can we all do to change this? Is it just a question of telling some land developers and a city to say, hey, knock it off with the subdivision and let's just move on? Or is this going to happen over and over again? Are you just playing whack-a-mole? You know what? I think we've said um, that there needs to be a moratorium on development, certainly in the doorstep of our community. You know, give us an opportunity to be able to and you know what? And I'm not against paying white people to, to get off our lands. You can call that selling their lands to the reserve or what you want to call it, but to pay those people to leave our lands. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not against that. Um, I'm certainly um, uh, hopeful to see um, some engagement from the province and the federal government to be able to, to say like, you know what? The, we need to be able to, grow and thrive as communities and you know what we we should be able to do that without without this i think this um 
uh, OPP coming in in the heavy handed way that they've, you know, come in shooting and tasering and dragging women, uh, uh, men off their, off of their traditional lands. And one, one guy's got some, gonna have some scars up his face from the, uh, August 5th arrest from being dragged along the pavement. Yeah. By, like it's like, this is, uh, this has been the typical reaction of the state to be able to, you know, enforce their, their rule over uh, Indigenous people who are a nation of people. So the Mi'kmaq, they're having the same issues out east. In BC, they're having the land issues with, with the LNG pipelines and the foresting. It's, do you see yourselves as stewards of the land, of keepers, land keepers? Um, Certainly as, do. Absolutely yeah. we do. Absolutely, we do. I mean, to, to, and I think this, and it just all kind of speaks to the difference in ideas of what progress looks like. Like progress for us is being able to have, you know, environmental diversity, and you know, having uh, the the plants and animals have space to grow, and uh, for the deer to be able. Like, I think this is one of the most kind of uh, touching experiences for me in all of this has been. It was in the first few days that we went into the camp there and it was very early in the morning in the middle of the hot, hot summer. And it was like five o'clock in the morning and I just happened to jump in the car and just go for a ride around the camp just to have a look around. And uh, these two small deer, very small, like months old, come onto the edge of the bush and walked up to the, like, the, the edge of the clay there. And there was a, the stream that ran through uh, the back of the camp and they came out to drink from the water there and like and and just I, I i seen them i stopped and i watched as the sun came up and just this beautiful sight of these deer and it was just lush uh, forest behind them with this stream running through and then on the other side of the stream was a very stark line uh, where the bulldozer had flattened every tree, every bush, every blade of grass, every, everything that made, makes nature beautiful has then been bulldozed over for, you know, the getting ready for the piles and piles of asphalt and concrete and homes. And it, it's just, it was, it was a very touching moment for me to see the difference in, in what those, uh, the impacts and what destruction looks like. And so for a lot of folks, it's been talking about the, because there was the roads that got dug up and this was seen as destruction. What we dug up was something that was put there. What uh, these developers have dug up and bulldozed over. This is something that, that God put there, that creator has made uh, for the enjoyment of all creation. And so for us to uh, like those, those uh, perceptions of what uh, destruction is are yeah. quite. So we all, so we just on the wrong track here because I mean, <laughs> like ser seriously, because, you know, uh, I lived in Toronto for most of my life and just moved out to Hamilton five years ago. And one of the things for me was I felt like there was this, I'll, I'll call it a God hole uh, in, in the city because everything had been paved over, right? I, I once was with um, 
uh, a native leader uh, in a cab. I can't even remember what we were doing. We were going to some interview or doing something and we're in the cab and we're driving by the towers in Bay Street. But he was from out west and he, and he looked up at the towers and he looked at me and he went, oh, they're up to no good up there. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, okay, I get what you're, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Um, and, and, and I do wonder, I mean, is it, a, is it a utopian dream to think that we can keep, you know, these green things going, that, that we can be in touch with nature? Or are you trying to put a stake in the ground to say, we got to stop somewhere, we stop here. This is, besides being ours, it's, none of it's ours. Well, and that's it. And like, and another um, person asked me, like, well, what, like, where's your house going to go? And I, I, I kind of laughed and I said, I, I, I have property on the reserve. I have a home. I have, you know, my wife and kids live there and, and, uh, and they were kind of dumbfounded by the, by my answer. And they said like, well, well what do you then, well, what are you doing this for? I said, well, what do you mean? And I'm, I said, well, I, like, you don't have, like, I don't understand. So you're like, oh, maybe your kids, like, are you you're going to put one of your kids' houses here? I'm like, I said, no, I have, a, you know, like my, my uncle, my brother, like we have enough homes in our family that we'll be able to pass one down to them. So then why, why, why here? Like, why, why, like, what are you doing then? Like, if you have no person, nothing personal to gain for you or your family, like what, why are you doing this? Well, I said, well, my neighbor, she's got, she's got a couple of kids and she doesn't have a very large family. And, you know, maybe their, her, her son or daughter might want to build here one day or, you know, their, their kids. And so I said, like, um, this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with the, like, that idea that you can look past what's right in front of your face down the road those next seven generations and so those are some of our teachings that we talk about is that we talk about with that next seven generations and whatever decisions that we make today need to we need to to honor and respect the fact that those seven generations down the road are going to need uh, a place to, to to build to to hunt to fish to do all of the things that we do as as a community we need to be able to make sure that those next seven, seven generations are taken care of well, there's two things there. One is the environmental movement uses seventh generation in its conversation. And I sometimes think, well, isn't that nice? You're taking something poetic and wonderful and, and spiritual, but it sounds nice. What really I have, I want to hear your thought on is how you feel about land dedications when, when, when white folks come and say, um, we're on the uh, treaty lands of the Mississaugas of new credit and like, how do you feel about that stuff? (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I feel, um, I, you know, it's a really hard question to answer for me. I, because it is, um, inherently disrespectful to even say it, to say that we are on stolen land. If I drove up to you in my car and I said, I'm driving a stolen car right now, you would say, go and give it back. And well, so somebody says we, we stole your land, but we're not giving it back. I think is, 
is is inherently disrespectful. I can't say I disagree. I I hear a lot of politicians and you know corporate lunches where I'd like to start by saying that we are on the uh, ancestral lands of the and, and they name whoever they're on the land of, and I just think and that's it. Just well, that's over with. Let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yes. Yeah. Feeling about it. Yeah, and I just keep wondering how much longer we can keep doing this before things turn darker than they are now. Right? How much? How much more can you take? And I think this is something you know, whether we're talking about uh, residential school, whether you're talking about missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Uh, the over-incarceration of Indigenous people. Like we make up 3% of the population of the country, but we make up 25% of the populations in prisons. Like this, they, these are despicable stats. The, the, the just, the, the, you know, the uh, land thefts that have gone on for the last 250 years. Like it is, it is absolutely ridiculous for us to be able to, to, uh, to be expected to just, you know, be good little Indians and, you know, pay your taxes and do all the things and, and, you know, not rock the boat. And so for us to be able to uh, do whatever it is that we need to do in order to keep pushing forward so that we are respected as a nation, um, uh, we're going to keep on doing, including staying on the land here. So when you say I'm, I'm Haudenosaunee, I'm Mohawk, uh, I'm not Canadian, should you vote in federal elections? Should you have people come up for to, to run for office? Do you want to engage this thing? Or is it just like, you know what, just leave us alone? Uh, you know what, if uh, my, my parents would probably disown me if they heard that I voted in the elections or participated in the band council elections on reserves. Like the band council uh, election this last term, uh, they had, they were very, actually, they were really, really proud of their voter turnout. It was the, it was the most that they've had in, uh, um, in ever. It was the, the biggest turnout that they had per capita. We had uh, 4.2, 4.2% of our eligible voters come out to vote. Wow. Yeah. So out of 27,000 possible voters, they had, they had, they had 4% of that come out. Oh my! So it's a disengagement. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't think. You know, we need people in in Ottawa. We need people, not lobbying, but being legislators. Because in New Zealand, for instance, their legislature, it, it, you have to have. I can't remember the exact percentage, but something like twenty percent of or fifteen percent of the seats in the legislature in New Zealand have to be Maori. There's no choice. So if a government said, we're going to make sure that 20% of the seats in the Canadian legislature and in, in the House of Commons must be delegated for uh, First Nations peoples uh, across the country, would, would your parents and you, would you go, okay, you're giving us an honorable seat at the table, we'll, we'll take it. Or would you just go, uh, no. No. It's uh, for, me, for me, it would, it, it would absolutely be no. Uh, for some, for some folks, it, it it would be yes, you know. And I and who am I to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do and anything like that? And I just, for me, it would it would be a hard no. Um, and like 
just like you wouldn't expect to be able to go to New Zealand to cast a vote, I wouldn't expect to go to Canada to vote. Wow. So, but the creator created all of us. What do we mm. do with that? Well, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, I'm, and I keep saying like, I don't, don't have any hate for anybody and I have no, uh, like Turtle Island doesn't have land lines on it for who owns what, right? <laughs> or, are those no. the, or are those those lines on the shell that I'm not paying attention <laughs> to? <laughs> no, those are, those are not the lines on the shell that work. <laughs> absolutely not. And, I, and, and that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, like we're not expecting to evict anybody. We're not telling anybody to get off our lands. We're saying... If there's if there's vacant lands, we need that we need to be able to use, utilize those lands to be able to grow our our borders as well. I know, but when do we come together as human beings? You know, I mean, it's the ultimate compliment in every culture, including Native and, and Jewish, like where I'm from, to call someone a real human being. So, yes, right. In well, your in your culture and mind, to be called a human being is to be called something honorable. Absolutely. So, uh, so then, how do we find ways to do more than tolerate each other. I think it starts with respect. I think it starts with respect. And I think in that, that love and re respect can be uh, uh, built and nurtured and, 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 you know, build those nation to nation relationships. Because like, I, I, I keep, like when people come to six nations you need to understand this is an entirely different country that you're coming into this is not this is not canada this is not north america this is turtle island this is like this is a uh, haudenosaunee territory but isn't it all turtle island that's all i'm asking i thought all of us were on turtle island you know what yes it absolutely is but at the same time we want to be able to to understand that uh for us as 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 uh as a nation unto ourselves that we need to be respected as such. And when yeah, but there's so much we can learn from you, you know, absolutely. spirit, the spirit bearer, the protector, like there's so many different aspects of the spirituality. I think we are willing to have those conversations. We're willing to talk. We're willing to share. We're willing to do all of those things, you know, like to do those um, very symbolic gestures that, that, you know, invite people into our communities and I, I, I think that we as a community have done an excellent job of being able to say, like, you know, there's the, you know, Grand River Powwow and the uh, uh, Fall Fair and like there, that sees hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from outside. Um, uh, yeah, okay. But you know what? To me, that, that can be spiritual, cultural tourism. I go and I watch people in headdresses and, and dancers and drummers and I think, oh, wow, that was really colorful. That's cute. And then I go home. But I have a friend who's native, who's actually American Indian, uh, but he works uh, up in Ottawa right now at a college there doing indigenous uh, programming. And he was down here in, in, uh, in Hamilton doing it. Uh, and we used to go for coffee all the time. I love this guy. Uh, and he was too spirited and we just had a great time. Right. And I, I said to him at one point, somebody in his family had died. And I spoke about the Jewish traditions around the rituals after someone has died. And I said, well, what do you do? And he told me about circling the fire and sitting for a whole week of people sharing stories. I said, that's what we do. 
we have a whole week and everybody shares stories about the person and brings food and the fire keeps going. You'd never let it go out and you just keep talking about that person for that week. Six nations, we have 10 days. We have 10 days. Right. So for me, I'm more interested in the more profound places between us that we can connect. I don't want to go to a powwow. I want to go to a, to a ritual where I am, a, I am gifted with the opportunity to experience Turtle Island from the ground up as opposed to from my head down. Um, yeah. Even, even though I'm Canadian, Skylar. Even though I'm Canadian. Yeah, I mean, those, I think the, uh, certainly for Haudenosaunee people anyways, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of those uh, kind of spiritual uh, bits of our, of our lives. Just like if I was to go to, uh, I think, the Orthodox Jewish synagogue, I'd be, you know, that it, it, it's, it, 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 there's things that don't belong. And, uh, yeah, you see, I don't agree with you because if it's orthodox, I'm out already. I'm not an orthodox person. I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. Is the absolutism and certainty are not in my life. I'm not interested in those things. But if it's people who have a spiritual partnership with each other and an openness to sharing their wisdoms with each other, I'm not saying show up the day after, God forbid, your uncle passes away. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying can't we sit together where you can say, so this is what we do when people pass away and have, you know, us tourists, us foreigners actually able to engage it with you so that we, the next time we see you and our children see you, they see you as the human being, not as the, the person from six nations that's over yeah, there where they I do their own that, thing. Like that's, that's a little bit different than like attending longhouse or whatever. And that's, that's. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not asking to walk in in the middle of your yeah. sacred ritual. I'm saying yeah, share yeah. with me. You know, my friend, I'm willing to do. And, and most people like me are, are more than happy to do. And like your friend, um, uh, I, I there's, there's a, uh, a bit of a hard, a hard thing there where, um, you know, white people, uh, settler folks have come into, um, certainly into situations like this and says, and continue to like ask to be educated by us yeah. about how you are benefiting from those stolen lands. Yeah. And so, um, it, it, it it, it's a hard but thing. also what that land means really in your bones like when you were looking at those two does you know sitting absolutely. there at the creek that that's what we're doing here yeah that absolutely this isn't about a subdivision it's about no division that's right and so for us like the governments and the police the rcmp before the opp the brits before that I've looked for every crack in our community to be able to drive wedges and to make us separate and, and divided. And so, and, and then have taken advantage after the fact. Yeah. Of, so there's no trust. Not that I think there should be. Absolutely not. Why? Like exactly. Why would there be? So like then here? when I drive by the road, at six nations, I think don't turn in there. They're going to look at you and say, Oh, crap another way absolutely guy. not absolutely <laughs> not we encourage you to come in and you know shop in our stores and 
uh, do the things that, that, that you want to do. There's, you know, there's, you know, craft stores and gas and all of the things that, you know, people come and buy on reserves, like come, absolutely come buy those things. Yeah, okay. But that, that's, you know, go spend money at a reserve. I, I'm talking about me and Tom Wilson driving in and hanging out for the afternoon. Absolutely. Come on out. Tom has yeah. been out these times he's, come he's on. been arrested <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure come on out get arrested <laughs> uh, we have set up we have set up a spot off off of the development just outside out of, out of the injunction zone so that people can yeah, come but tom's mohawk it, it, that's his struggle Mo yeah. I, you know and if somebody arrested me for coming to visit you and spend time with you then so be it i mean i wouldn't be able to I mean, that's just the way that has to roll. It's not like I'm, you know, I keep thinking while we're talking about that Eagles song, The Last Resort, you know, put up a bunch of ugly boxes. And Jesus, people bought them. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that whole song is about colonization and this, right. you know, uh, and all in the name of God, right? Yeah. And that's the saddest part for me is that when people start talking about being in the name of God and act less than human about doing it. It's, it, it there's, there's so much sadness for me. I mean, I remember years ago, I was, um, I used to do stuff on TV and they had this horrible idea for a game show, a Canadian game show. Nothing more pathetic than a Canadian game show, let me tell you. You, know, <laughs> you, can, you can win $27.50, you know, it's just not a good idea. Uh, but there I was on the show and you're supposed to decide what charity to give the money to at the end you know, what charitable organization. And this must have been 30 years ago. And I said, uh, I'd like to give the money to the Native Canadian Centre in Toronto. We shot it out in Vancouver. And the host looked at me and literally went, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then went on to the next guest. And I just thought, wow, that's how backward we are. That, I mean, to him, it was the idea that there even was a Native Canadian Centre was too much for him to understand. Yeah, yeah. We're way behind. So what do you do now? You hunker down, you spend the rest of, you re getting ready to get freezing cold. And what do you do now? Yeah, no, we're, uh, you know, we got some wood stoves coming in and we're building and making sure that we're able to, to, to hold our ground. You know, this is, this is, this, this fight is by no means over. And, uh, and so we want to make sure that our, our people are going to be here, going to be safe, going to be warm through the winter and uh, be able to, 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 to stay right, right where we are. How do you see this ending? Oh, I wish I had the crystal ball, brother. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I hope, like I hope, and in my heart of hearts, I hope that uh, uh, Ontario and the federal government will will step up here in the next coming days, and there'll be you know some fruitful negotiations that happen on a nation nation level, and you know, like I, I really really hope for that to happen in the very near future. I'm amazed you can even still say that. <laughs> it's only been 116 days. <laughs> no, I thought you were about to say it's only been 116 years, but it's yeah, well, actually been more than that. There's that, you know? <laughs> yeah, like that's why I'm amazed you can say that because I just think how many times, you know, do you bang your head against the same wall and get the same result? I mean, it, 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 I don't know. I wish I knew that there was a way. Thing is, if our people don't continue to make a stand... Like our kids aren't even going to have an art. There won't even be an argument to be made for our kids and our kids. And so at least if we can make whatever humble stand that we can make now, at least, you know, in 50 years when my grandkids or great grandkids are 
are able to 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 make a similar stand over this lands over these lands um at least there'll be something there for them to argue over and it wasn't wouldn't be whittled down to dollars and cents because that's yeah. the that, that that at the end of the day is is the crux of the problem is uh for the western world it seems that every every bit of everything that is uh alive on this earth has has a dollar value and i think we keep on saying that there's no amount of money there's no amount of jail time there's no violence that the opp can inflict on us that is going to deter us from that idea that belief that our lands are our lands and this is what progress looks like when you guys get up in the morning there do you do you make a circle do you come together uh we we have a tobacco burning and so one of our elders in our community comes comes here every day and um whether there's two people or 200 he'll burn that tobacco and put those prayers that's what that is our opening of the doorway to the heavens to be able to burn that tobacco and uh he offers that tobacco to the fire to carry those uh those words to to the heavens to be able to you know ask creator for for guidance and protection and uh and to be able to have that care for each other. Well, I want to leave you with a, a blessing for the fact that I, th- I think about your children and their future and the fact that you do this for them and you do this for the seven generations. Uh, I want to bless patience and humility and dignity and trust and truth um, and ha- strong hearts because more than a good parker, you're going to need a strong heart to get through this. One, I <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to bless the lacrosse because I, I, I don't want you to hit me with a stick and have me just start crying in the corner of the, of the rink. It would be a bad thing. <laughs> so listen, Skylar, you, uh, I heard some, I read some um, of the poetry of, of what your wife wrote. Uh, mm. in the Hamilton Spectator and uh, God Lover it was beautiful to listen to and to read uh, so to all of you uh, I, I wish you all um, something profound and peaceful that will end this in a way that allows us all to, to come closer together and not further apart No absolutely I appreciate that very very much you take care of yourself, okay? You as well, brother. Thank you. Take, thank you. Skylar Williams is at Land Back Lane, 1492 is the address if you're looking for it. There isn't really a post box there, but eventually maybe if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's uh, in between Hamilton and Niagara, kind of near Caledonia and the Six Nations Reserve is where he's from. The Haudenosaunee are part of the Mohawk Nation as part of Six Nations. There are land claims, uh, as they're euphemistically called, going on all over the, uh, the country. And there are the rights of Native people that need to be recognized by people who are of spirit and of passion and of grace. So I, I wish us all the ability to come together, regardless of whether we see ourselves as Canadians or of a nation that we are dealing with in a nation-to-nation relationship. I'm Ralph ben Murgy. This is not that kind of rabbi. If you want to get in touch with me, I have a Facebook page, 
not that kind of rabbi is the Facebook page. And if you would look for some spiritual counseling, I have kavanah.ca, K-A-V-A-N-A-H.ca. And I do spiritual counseling in groups and uh, one-on-one and would love to uh, engage you in any way that I can. Uh, we all need a lot with this pandemic going on on top of everything else we're doing. So stay safe, be well, and uh, my heart is with the people of the Haudenosaunee. Bye-bye. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.